Welcome to Wild Women, hosted by Camille and Sarah. This is a podcast about mind, body, and pleasure, an honest talk on all things self-care. We discuss issues related to dating, fitness, beauty, mental health. We also discuss stuff about social issues, and we often have interviewees that come up and tell us a little bit about their businesses or their inspirations or motivations or just their journey through some type of recovery. For those of you who haven't listened to us before, this is our second season. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode one of Wild Women. Today we are going to be talking about uh, COVID and basically what it's like to reintegrate back into society and some of the anxieties that some people might be having. So Camille, do you want to start us off with just your experience and how things have been for the last little bit? So here in Canada, at least Ontario, we're still in another lockdown until for a few more weeks. And I know that a lot of people are really tired. They are starting to be a little bit hopeless. And some of them are also super worried about how to start socializing again. And people that have like body image issues are really stressed out about having to go back into society and it's summer and then on top of that a lot of people have gained weight during COVID simply because well our lifestyle has been different so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that Mm -hmm. yeah of course and I've definitely last lockdown I didn't have so much of that anxiety but I was you know even talking with my boyfriend I was like oh my goodness like I have more anxiety now going back into society than I ever had. And as someone who's usually extroverted and who's always out and who loves seeing people, it's really weird to have this feeling of, you know, how am I going to socialize with people again? Or like, how am I, how are people going to see me when I get back into society? Do they think I'm supposed to be different, looking different than I do now? And if I do look different than what they're expecting, what are they going to do? Um, or what are they going to say? And those are a lot of anxieties that I think a lot of people can resonate with right now, especially like Camille said, summer's coming up, right? So diet culture is obviously going to be reaping in and be um, wanting to push all these diet techniques on people. And they're going to be pushing that pressure to look good and to look good in those bikinis and to look good showing more skin. Um, So yeah, we're going to be talking about, you know, some of the things you can do to just ground yourself and realize that, you know, you are who you are and you're perfect the way you are. So Camille, do you want to tell us a little bit about your self-love experiment that you've been doing and how that's been, you know, kind of advocating for loving yourself despite everything? Yeah, so basically this month I started a little self-love experiment for myself uh, primarily, but I also felt like, why not invite people to like do it with me, you know, because I think I'm not the only one that needs it. So in the last like few months, like I would say even like since like the holidays, like I've been really struggling body image wise and I've been not on top of my self-care, not on top of my self-love. And I I realized that my like self, self-talk was becoming more and more negative. 
So I was like, okay, I need to address that and I need to change that. And one thing that did help me like overcome a lot of my past issues was with positive affirmation. So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to try. And so every morning when I wake up, I usually give myself a positive affirmation and I'm doing it for all of May. So we're on day 13 and I can already like see the difference in like how how I show up for myself you know and even like my self-talk in my head has changed tremendously and obviously like that's because like I was already like good at it in <laughs> in some way so for someone that has never done that it might take longer to see the effects but I just think that it's so good to like focus on the positive because we rarely ever give ourselves compliments like and then we also have trouble sometimes to take compliments but I think that's like a key to our confidence mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with everything you're saying Camille and you know another thing too is your mind-body connection right like uh this is becoming more and more popular where you know, doctors are really realizing that, you know, a person's mind really does affect their body. So if you're constantly giving yourself negative self-talk or self-criticism, then that's going to appear in your body. And depending on what you believe, there's like some ways that your body will show the negatives that's going on mm -hmm. in your life. I know for me in the last few months, about a couple months ago, I think my skin flared up everywhere. Like I, I was definitely not in a bad, definitely not in a good place. I was in a bit of a, a toxic environment and I wasn't staying true to myself. I felt like I was losing my identity and you could see it on my face and on my body my my face broke out I haven't had acne since I was probably 13 14 and I had full face of acne and on top of that I have eczema and my eczema flared up so you can imagine how annoying it was trying to deal with acne on top of having super super dry skin but ultimately that was that was a result of what was going on in my life it was coming out all my skin my skin was showing me my body was trying to tell me that something was wrong and that I had to make a change and making those changes is hard it's really really hard but it's important and ultimately it's important for your health it's important for your well-being and it's important for you to be able to grow as a person if you're constantly in a toxic environment or in a negative space, then you're not going to be able to reach your goals. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. You're not going to be able to feel good about yourself because there's too many negatives and self-affirmations are definitely a great way to start your day with positives. And the reason why Camille would do this experiment in the morning, she always posts her compliment in the morning. Um, it's because when you first wake up, you're somewhat in a theta state, which means that you're in a sleep state still a little bit. You're a little bit groggy. That's you transitioning from that sleeping state to your wake up state. And when you are groggy and in that somewhat sleeping state, you're able to tap into your subconscious mind. 
because your subconscious mind is more active when you're sleeping. So when you tell yourself a positive affirmation, it, you're tapping into your subconscious mind. And that can actually create bigger changes than just in your conscious mind, because you're telling the hardware of your brain, the brain that kind of sets your framework to be positive. And that will resonate through your conscious mind as well. So yeah, that's one thing that Camille's been doing. And I, I know like a lot of people are uncomfortable doing it because it's not something that society really makes you do. It's the opposite, <laughs> I would say even. And it's scary because like you feel vulnerable giving yourself a compliment. We've grown up with some limiting belief. We grew up and we like had society tell us that we're not good enough. And so when we go against that and when we do affirmations, it feels almost like false and we might not believe it. And that's why some people say like, well, is it even really working? Like, is it worth doing it? Do you think in the long term it is? Because the thing that we learned is that our brain can't differentiate what's real and what's false. So even though like you might feel false because it's it goes against your limiting beliefs, your brain, if you keep repeating it to yourself, it's going to create a new pattern of thoughts. And that's what like you're going to run your days around, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people... I, I guess this phrase is like used as much as before, but I love the phrase fake it till you make it. Mm. Because you can start your day with positive intent through self-affirmations or even if it's meditation that helps you have that positive start to the day or if it's going for a walk with your dog or if it's having a nice cup of coffee to yourself and reading a book. All those things that help you start your day with a positive intent, even when you're not feeling super positive, can make the rest of your day a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Camille, I want to talk about one thing right now regarding criticism. Mm -hmm. So when you're receiving criticism from someone or you feel like the world isn't fair, like the world is constantly dragging you down, you've, you're... I guess you develop a bit of a victim mentality is the best way to put it. How can people get out of that victim mentality? How can they change their locus of control from external issues to realizing that they have the power? Mm -hmm. I think this is so, so, so important uh, because it's a big part of depression. People that struggle with depression have a locus of control that is often outside of them. And for example, like for me, when I was struggling with depression, like for example, even if I like miss the bus, I would be like, oh my God, the universe is against me. Like I'm meant to have a bad day. Like this is like everything that happened would be something would turn into something bad something that was like against me. And so I learned to change that by first of all, seeing um, rejection as a redirection because 
for me, criticism, oh, it would like destroy me and like for a long time. Like it would destroy my self-esteem. Well, because I didn't really have any, let's be honest. And so that was a big part of it. And I think it's realizing that like things happen. There's not always a reason for it in the sense that it's not meant to hurt you, right? Things that happen are not always meant to hurt you. If anything, it's meant to bring more growth into your life. And so one thing that I learned from like criticism and the locus of control was, okay, how can this help me grow? What lesson can I take from this? And mm-hmm. that has changed like my whole perspective on life actually. And for criticism, I think what's important is because I think when we receive criticism, the reason why we feel so bad about ourselves, it's because one, we don't have an like a big self-esteem and two because we're all in our ego instead of being in our higher self you can take constructive uh, criticism and use it to better yourself but if you take it as a reason for you that you're not good enough that won't help anything Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a couple points I want to touch on from that. But the first thing is, and sometimes you're going to get criticism that is not valid. People Mm. are going to say things about you that just straight out aren't true. They come from a very malicious place. They come from people who aren't very nice people. And when that happens, you have to realize that you're more than what those people have to say about you. Those people don't know you fully. And those people are projecting their own insecurities onto other people. And I know sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes all you want to do is like call a hitman and have someone go beat them up. But like, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't do that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to retaliate against someone who's criticizing you for no good reason, it's just going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking for a reaction out of you. They're going to mm-hmm. keep pressing buttons. And, you know, like worst case scenario, like things can get bad, you know, police can be involved. You can lose your job. You can lose your reputation. You're better off just putting that criticism aside and just knowing that you're better than what that person has to say about you. And that person is not going to say anything valid anyway, because they are not coming from a place of authenticity. They're coming from a place of maliciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second thing I want to talk about that you said, and I love this, is rejection is redirection. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. I think that's so good. And it kind of correlates with the idea of fear. So a lot of people are worried about, and they have fear about growing, about going out of their comfort zone. But fear, when it comes to growing and when it comes to getting out of your comfort zone, uh, fear is your guide. If you're a little bit scared about something, but you're also excited, that's a good sign when you're growing as a person as in your professional life personal life whatever it may be it's scary it's always scary but it's a great guide to have when you're not sure if you're doing enough 
you know? So yeah, that was a great, a great statement. And when it comes to social anxiety mm-hmm. and going back into society, I think the first thing you have to remind yourself is everyone's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Everyone has been in this place everyone's been on lockdown everyone's had very similar issues when it comes to loneliness depression maybe even weight gain everyone's in that place and they feel you people are going to resonate with those feelings and honestly they're probably just as nervous as you are so that would be the first thing (laughs) um and that would be for someone who never had social anxiety before for someone like me who's always been an extrovert just reminding myself that everyone is in the same boat that's enough for me to feel a little bit better but I definitely understand that there are some people who had social anxiety before this pandemic and it's just getting worse and worse and worse with every lockdown. And Camille has more experience with that. So Camille, I'm going to give it over to you. So what can people do to help dissipate those really hard feelings of social anxiety? I think like one thing that I learned is to always have an anchor. For example, like if I went into a new situation, like a social situation where I knew like I would be anxious about it. I would make sure that I have like at least like a person that I'm comfortable with there with me or that like I knew that maybe like I looked up the place before going so that at least I was a little bit more familiar with the unknown. You knew how to expect the unexpected a little bit more, right? Yeah. And another part of it too is rewards. Like for example, if I did something really uncomfortable like go to a meeting or whatever after that I would be like okay well I'm doing something I enjoy it would be a little less scary because I knew like there was an out and like after it I could do something that I really enjoy that's a great way to do it and honestly you could do that with anything that you're not super excited about doing I know like school this second semester, a lot of, you know, the COVID, the COVID fatigue kind of carried over into the second semester. And I, I know throughout the whole, at least in my faculty, a lot of my professors were struggling with their students just to keep their students on track. And Camille and I are both fourth, fifth year, nearing the end of undergraduate degrees. And it's the most important time to be on, to be, you know, submitting your assignments on time and all that. But it was a huge issue throughout our, at least throughout my whole faculty at university and using rewards or knowing that you can do something great after you've completed, you know, a certain thing. Um, is a great way to give you incentive and motivation to get that thing done. And goal setting too. During this time when everything feels like it's on hold, like we can't go out, we can't, we just can't live a normal life. I I can even buy a Tupperware at Dollarama because it wasn't quote unquote essential. So I honestly feel, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, that we're in a bit of a standstill. Mm-hmm. that we're not really moving that there's not really anything we can do to grow because everything's shut down but one thing to remember is that you can 
find the positivity in everything. And there's ways to grow even when you're feeling in a standstill. And sometimes when we do have these types of breaks or just a lot of time alone, it's a really good time to think about yourself and think about how you can go back to quote unquote regular life in a better frame of mind. And I think that's one thing that I've been working on a lot over the last couple months, especially since, you know, I had a bit of a like toxic environment, toxic situation going on at the beginning of the year. I really had to take some time and focus on, you know, my inner growth and how, how do I do that? Well, it had to start with cutting out a few things. So I cut out a lot of my caffeine. I cut out any type of stimulant. I stopped drinking a lot of things just so that I could be in a good frame of mind, a healthy frame of mind Mm. in order to be able to make the changes I need to make. That's just something I wanted to mention too, because I know a lot of people had, has turned to alcohol and weed a lot more than before. Like people have been using more only because like they're stressed or they're bored (laughs) yeah so I think that's something really important that you're talking about yeah yeah for sure and but there's also there also can be like a very healthy balance between Mm -hmm. the two yeah and I say that because when I was in my quote-unquote toxic environment I wasn't drinking I wasn't smoking like I was but the issue with that is it kind of forced me into my eating disorder mentality because I did, wasn't giving myself like the little break here and there that I wanted. So to get that high, I would, you know, exercise a little bit too much or not eat enough. And that was, that was really bad. It was, it, it was killing me is what, what, what it was doing. Right. So understanding your healthy balance is super important. If one glass of wine a night is all you need to just calm down, take a step back, you know, review your day, then do that. If smoking just before bed helps you sleep better, gives you a good sleep, you wake up in the morning feeling better, then do that too. But I guess what we're trying to get at is balance. You have to have a healthy balance between everything that you're doing in your life. And you also have to have the ability to take a step back every now and then and check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And obviously you don't always want, you know, the only way for you to be able to take a step back and check in on yourself. You don't want it always to be when you have a glass of wine or when you smoke weed, but sometimes when you're building those types of habits, it's not a bad idea to give yourself a little break, a little treat, you know, just sit there, enjoy your chocolate and think about your day. You know, you're enjoying your treat, gives you a little bit of time to think about what you've done that day. That's good. And I really want to stress the fact that it's really important during these times to remind yourself of all the things that you're grateful for and all the things that are going well, really easy, especially when you are, you are in a lockdown or when you are not doing so much, it's really easy to think that there's nothing going for you because you're not moving forward. But 
when in reality there's so many things that you can be doing right now to move forward in who you are, in your purpose, in your growth, the possibilities are endless. I do want to add though that I think what's important is to question relationship with that thing, whatever it is, food, alcohol, whatever. And we want balance, yes, but also ask yourself, can I go without it? Am I okay without it? Because if you're obsessing about it, if your consumption, whatever it is, is compulsive, um, that might be a problem. And I just say that because like I work in a treatment center for addictions, right? And we've seen that during the pandemic, there has been more people struggling with addictions. So what I would say is if you can go a week without it, reevaluate your relationship with that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And that can go with anything. It's not just drugs, alcohol, and food. Yeah. It can be your relationship with someone else. Oh, yeah. You know, if you can't go a week without seeing that person, well, maybe there's a little bit of codependency going on. Maybe it's time for you to t- take some time for yourself and, you know, be who you are, right? And I mean, I don't think I could go a week without my cats, but I think that's a little different. <laughs> they're dependent on you. Yeah, yeah. And they're my babies. I literally get separation anxiety from my kitties, but (laughs) that's fine. I'll work on that a different time. (laughs) But yeah, so the next thing we want to talk about specifically when it comes to social anxiety is the idea of weight gain during COVID and being worried about going back out into public. Honestly, what I'd like to say is that it doesn't matter. It honestly, it it doesn't matter. Like people don't care. Like it's, it's just you being worried. I say that, but I'm someone who struggles so much with it. And I totally understand that it's not that easy. It's not that easy to remind yourself that people don't care. I even, uh, I work in the restaurant industry and I'm a lounge server. So I have to dress up nice and look good, all this stuff. And I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself to look good. And I've definitely put a little bit of weight on in the last couple months since this last lockdown. And I was so nervous. I was almost in tears before going to work. I was just so nervous about whether people would notice if I gained weight or whether, not that I actually believed I'd lose my job, but like, you know, like, it crosses your mind sometimes like, oh, well, what if I'm not pretty enough for this position anymore, you know? So that's obviously a very unique case, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with the fact that it's scary going back into public when you've put on a little bit of noticeable weight and you're worried what people might say. So Camille, how can I deal with this type of really intense anxiety around, you know, weight gain and going back into society and worrying about what people might think I think like for me any kind of anxiety I always like fact checked it so like is it true is it real is it helpful another important thing of it is validate validate your emotions validate your fears because they will only like grow if you don't give attention to it 
like it's normal to be feeling this way and another thing too I would say is like reassure yourself that it's okay it might sound false at first because I mean after all we grew up in a society that tells us that our weight is our identity but one thing that did help me like separate those two things was looking more into the diet culture what it is based on like what's the philosophy behind it and realize that at the end of the day like you're the one in control of your self-love and your self-esteem and whatever people might say or might think it doesn't change the person that you are yeah of course of course so why don't we do a little like mini session of fact checking my worries about going back to the restaurant so first question so i come to you pretend i'm your client I'm like, I'm really worried about going back to work. I'm worried that people are going to realize that I've gained weight and that, you know, I won't be pretty enough for this position and won't get good shifts because of it. Um, What's the first thing you would ask me? I would ask, um, like, is you gaining weight going to change any of your abilities to do your job? Of course not. (laughs) And then I would say, like, you know, maybe people will notice, maybe not. But either way, like most people are just so focused on themselves and so worried about themselves that at the end of the day, like if you gain weight or if you didn't, it won't change who you are and it won't make a difference of how good of a job you can do. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's one, you know, really great way to deal with you know, these really hard feelings sometimes to just throw a little bit of humor in it, whether it's reminding yourself that everyone is so egotistical and it for like people have to force themselves to think about other people most of the time. <laughs> they're usually pretty worried on just like how they look and like how they're going to do. Um, and yeah, when you're dealing with really tough situations or like when you just wake up in the morning and you're just in a bad mood. Sometimes it happens. You just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Throwing in a little bit of humor is a great way just to, you know, lighten the mood a little bit, get yourself in a better frame of mind, or just even help you forget about anything bad that you're feeling and gives you a moment to laugh and realize, you know what, all that I'm worried about isn't that bad. And I can still do things to make my day better from here on out. And on top of that, like, give yourself some love. A big part of what I teach is that you don't get to self-love right away, right? You most often, like, go through, like, body neutrality or um, self-acceptance, which means, like, for example, self-acceptance would be I gain weight but that's okay. That's just my body doing its own thing. And I accept my body as it is today. You're not saying you love it necessarily because that might feel too difficult for you. You're not there yet. But little steps are better than no steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes you can um, think about a time when you were feeling super good and super confident. 
And this is one thing that I've been working on, especially the last couple of weeks, just to fix my mindset and um, deteriorate some of that anxiety was this time last year. So this time last year, we were into a very long lockdown. And honestly, I was, I was decently bigger this time last year, but the difference was I, I was doing all the things that, you know, involve self-care and Mm -hmm. self-love. I was getting up in the morning, I was enjoying my coffee, I was reading my book, I was doing yoga before I started my day, I was meditating, doing all these things to reassure myself of, you know, my abilities, and it really helped my confidence. So even though, say, I was, I had, I was definitely bigger last summer, I was more confident, and that confidence means so much more than how you look. If you can be confident in your skin, if you can, like you said, Camille, self-love is a really hard thing to get to, but if you can at least self-accept and have confidence in your abilities and who you are and understand that you are more than what people see on the surface, then that, that's going to make things so much easier. It'll change your whole outlook. So when you find yourself in you know, a state where you aren't super confident, when you have very negative self-talk, the best thing you can do is try to go back to a place or figure out a place in time where you were feeling great and try to do some of those things or pick up on the things that were most important. Obviously, as we grow, we have different needs. We There's uh, different things that work for us, but there's some things that you're going to look back and like, when I look back on what I was doing a year ago, I was meditating. What does that 30 minutes of meditation do? Well, I sit there, close my eyes, and I'm running self-affirmations through my head. Mm. Obviously, that's going to be helpful. And it's been in books that it's helpful. The amount of self-help books that have told me to meditate, there's all of them. (laughs) Or even just taking time that 30 minutes of reading that I used to do in the morning that self-care is just honoring the things that I enjoy doing Mm -hmm. I do want to add that to another thing that I always say is it's never about weight Mm -hmm. either weight loss or weight gain there's always an underlying emotional need so is it because you're afraid that you won't be lovable is it because you're afraid you won't be desirable is it because you're afraid you won't be good enough so like you need to figure out what that fear is and then address that specific fear because weight is only like the symptom of that fear exactly It's so true, right? Like when a lot of people are so quick to jump into, oh, it's summer, I better get on a diet and do some exercise. Well, like what's actually going on? You know, like why have, why do you feel like you're struggling with your weight to begin with? You know, like is is there something going on where you're like kind of self-sabotaging yourself? And a lot of people self-sabotage through their limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And like Camille said, there's greater needs that need to be addressed. And your body will get to a healthy weight itself. Mm -hmm. I 
I'm a firm believer that there is no supplement, there is no product, there is no exercise, there is no diet that's going to get you to where you want to be unless you change your mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100% agree. And I think like a perfect example of that is their revenge body after a breakup. It's like your need is you want to feel desirable. You want to feel loved. But you take it out on your body because of how you feel. And I think that's the mistake with society is we externalize everything instead of actually looking inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And a great example of that. And I want to say, too, is sometimes people think that, oh, that person is having their revenge body. But that person is probably not trying to have a revenge body. They're probably just depressed. They're, they're alone. They don't have people to eat with anymore. They're, you know, and because of those things going on in their life, they're, they're losing weight or looking like they're getting more in shape. But in reality, they're, they're sad. They're, they're hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I don't think compliments on anyone's weight is good like obviously Camille and I we when it comes to weight we never talk about compliments regarding weight and we both have had issues with eating disorders in the past but I don't think anyone whether you've had an issue with an eating disorder at all or not they should never compliment on weight I think it's just giving more power to diet culture and trust me that culture has enough enough profits going for them it's currently a 70 billion dollar industry and how is that industry still growing while they continue to reap off of your insecurities so don't give diet culture more power and don't give people compliments regarding Mm -hmm. their weight yeah and there's so many examples of like people gaining weight or losing weight that has nothing to do with them like dieting or exercising like It could be meds. It could be like losing a pregnancy, you know? All of those things are even like an illness. You don't know those things. And it's honestly really inappropriate to comment on someone's weight. Well, well, that's just it. Like imagine imagine if someone had a life-threatening disease. Imagine if they got like a cancer tumor. And you know, they, they wanted to be really quiet about it. They wanted to keep it private within their family, but they still had to go to treatment. They still had to get the surgery. They still had to get it removed. And then they, you see them again and you say, oh, you look so great. You've lost weight. Well, that that person almost died. You know, like I, I know that's an extreme case, even just like the depression after like a hard breakup. Mm. You don't want to comment on someone's weight when their weight is just a symptom of their mental illness that they've been going through. Yeah, and like particularly with like eating disorders, you don't know if someone's struggling with that. And you don't know the amount of damage that one comment can make because it's so, so triggering. When you're saying to someone they're losing weight, you're reinforcing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I do want to address is when you do have, when you have had an eating disorder in the past, even if you're recovered, 
be very, very careful of the things that you want to connect with after you've been recovered. And I say this because I felt like I was recovered. I was in a great place. I felt healthy, happy beginning of January. And I started uh, the Beachbody platform. So when I was, you know, a Beachbody quote unquote customer or client, I loved the workouts. I loved implementing a new shake. I always drink a shake all the time anyway, just for extra protein. So it was great. Um, but then I had my beach body coach, uh, she contacted me asking me if I wanted to become one and the wellness community that I had with her was great. It was super, it was all about self-love. It was super accepting. There wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on losing weight or anything like that. So I, I loved it. And I, I believed that it was a great way to build a community around creating a healthy, uh, just healthy relationship with food and exercise. But when I started coaching, I had to post a lot on social media and I had to post pictures on myself all the time. I had to post pictures on myself, you know, in workout gear and in tight clothes and all this stuff. And when I was doing that, I'd get... I, honestly, no one ever said anything bad, but like even in the compliments that I was getting from having to post more on social media about these certain things, um, that was such a big trigger. Mm. And I think the trigger comes from feeling the pressure, you know, feeling that pressure of constantly having to look good because you're posting on social media all the time. And so that trigger definitely cascaded a little bit and I had like a mini relapse. Thank goodness I caught it really early and I saw my life coach. I changed my environment, changed my mindset. So I caught it super early and got right back on track, but it's still damaging mm -hmm. having to go through a mini relapse like that again. So I'm just cautioning people that if they have had eating disorders in the past, that's your Achilles heel. When things are going wrong in your life or when things can be triggering, that Achilles heel is going to get cut and you won't die, but it's going to hurt and it's going to take some time to recover. So like I said, just a caution statement. If you've had an eating disorder in the past, be careful of what you're going to go do that may or may not align with your eating disorder recovery goals. 100%. So all that said, what I guess all we can say on a final note is to remember to love yourself and honor the things that you can do and remind yourself of all the positive qualities that you have. Yeah. And basically like, I know for a lot of people, they might throw themselves back into work, right? Because like you've been away for so long and there's so much to catch up on. Um, it might be really stressful, but I want to remind you not to get overwhelmed, to take that time, even if it's just like an hour a day or less, every single day to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing we want is for you to get like burned out. Exactly, exactly. And one thing too that a lot of people don't realize is when 
you go from, you know, your life being in lockdown back out into society and, you know, living that busy life, commuting to work, talking to people all day, that kind of thing. It's, it's a huge shift and it's going to be harder than it was before when you were doing it. And don't be too hard on yourself when you find yourself more tired, when you find yourself needing more breaks, when you find yourself needing to sleep more. Honor those feelings because that's just what's needed as you're making a different transition in your life. Don't beat yourself up over that at all. Yeah, exactly. Like it's okay to take a break. It's okay to to rest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining our first episode. We have a lot planned for the summer. We have a lot of great speakers. Um, and we also created an Instagram page. So follow us at wild underscore women podcast. And we're so excited to be connecting with you.